He's Jimmer. He's Christian. Welcome to Two, two PTs and a bag, bag of chips. We got a very special substitute edition here. We, we went were, all off the grid, didn't we? We went totally off the grid. We were totally planning to do the taste test for dill pickle potato chips, but instead we've got sweet potato tortillas. And we have a very special guest, actually, Ian Bosman. Hi. Th- Thank that's, you. That's classy. Yeah. He has flown all the way in from Hope to tell us all about his ACL recovery and how's it, how it's going. Yeah, pretty much. Thanks. Wow, you really <laughs> suck at this. He is, he is on it today. You are probably the worst guest we've had to date. No, 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 no. You are by far the worst guest we've had today, and you're only the second. So, not very That's not really so. good competition, though, if no. he has to compete with Dr. Mike. That's true. Dr. Mike. Yeah, I'm not a doctor, so it's crushed you. It's unfair. He, he is crushing you. Anyway, we're doing the Food Should Taste Good brand sweet potato tortilla chips, and we're going to discuss ACL recovery. Ian is now 16 months post-surgery? Probably closer to 13 months. Probably closer to 13 months. No, because you had surgery August August 1st. August 1st, and it's now October... That would make it something. 14 months. So we're kind of right in the middle. About 14 months. About 14 months. Jimmer is something like three years post-ACL surgery. And I'm still struggling. And I am ACL deficient, which means I don't have an ACL or not a complete ACL in one of my knees. Which proves that you really don't need one. Yeah, my knee does hurt a lot today. It, I will come out and if, say If that. all you do is cycle and yeah. struggle with pain, Yeah, because I'm you not allowed to do anything ACL. exciting anymore. So anyway, that's fine. Let's talk about ACL. I mean, ACL happens incredibly frequently now. Uh, There's something called the ACL Project, which is pretty interesting. They track ACLs. We saw this year alone in the NFL, they're up to 37 ACL tears. Which is classic. Which is pretty impressive. They have narrowed it down that there's there's one more ACL tear per year on artificial services versus grass services, which is a pretty interesting statistic, I think. Generally, we're just seeing them way, way more often now than we used to see them. We don't see them a lot in professional athletes, in the clinic, that is. We're dealing mostly with high school athletes or the weekend warrior 40 years and older. The high school athletes, girls are profoundly more susceptible to having ACL tears than than boys are, especially at the 14 to 16, 14 to 17 year age group. And a lot of them are non-contact injuries, planting and cutting and the leg gives out. That is making up the, the – that's the bigger area of concern. Uh, traumatic injuries you can always try to prepare for, but there's really no way to prevent them. If somebody, for instance, uh, jumps into your crease because their defenseman pushes them into your leg, you can tear your ACL. Tell us a little bit about that, Ian. Yeah, it's not fun. No, um, my leg was planted when uh, the attack man defender fell into my knee, and it just hyperextended all the way back and popped the ACL right out. <laughs> Absolutely. And what other damage did you get during that same... Uh, a small meniscus tear, tore my PCL, and got a compression fracture on the top of my... So that's a pretty bad version of the ACL with all that additional damage. And those are much more common when you have what we consider what's called a traumatic ACL tear. So that's when something hits you or, or there's a, a large amount of force involved versus the non-contact where... You make a cut and you fall over or you come down from a jump and your knee sort of twists in the ACL. To some extent at this point they're saying may even explode before your knee collapses inward. So the, the research is coming along. We're going to find out a little bit more about that here in the next year or so probably. Pretty uncomfortable though, huh? Yeah, no, very uncomfortable. So for my situation where I'm ACL deficient, I tore my 
ACL playing hockey more than likely, but didn't really realize it all the way. I'd previously torn my meniscus, and it felt more like that. And after six weeks, I went to the surgeon, and they thought it would look like a meniscus. And then I had an MRI, and then they said my ACL was partially torn. So that was kind of an interesting one, whereas Jimmer did it in a much more fun fun <laughs> way. Yeah, Jimmer has a history of ACL tears. I tore my right one playing soccer uh, about 20 years ago, actually more than 20 years ago. Since it's my daughter's 21st birthday, I know it's more than 21 years ago. Happy birthday, Kaylee. Happy birthday, Kaylee. Um, no, my, uh, my right one was an old, uh, old soccer injury. The left one I had torn uh, on several occasions. I had a history of knee problems and instability. And then I finished it off here in the clinic when I was turning the corner around a treatment table too fast, hit the treatment table, hyperextended the knee, and that was the end of that one. Um, ended up having it reconstructed two years ago. And um, it's doing fantastic, thanks uh, to an amazing physical therapist, uh, myself. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Jimmer's got a little bit of a problem of, of giving up control, and so he wasn't <laughs> capable of, of having his treatment done by anybody else. No, 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 no. Yeah. That, that went way better if I, if I did it myself. So. Yeah. But the, the, the key to all of this is uh, when you're going through ACL reconstruction or ACL rehab, don't look at the professional athletes. Don't try to be back in three months or six months. It, it's going to take 12 to 18 months before everything is functioning the way it's supposed to. So I think we've all gotten caught up in this thing where we want to get back as quick as we can, as fast as we can, as strong as we can, and some things you just can't rush. Yeah. I mean, in my case, uh, it took me almost six months without surgery to get back to, to playing hockey and skiing and, and that sort of stuff. I mean, I was able to ride my bike and those sort of things beforehand and didn't have to deal with the surgical trauma, which is the first uh, 8 to 12 weeks of recovery. But uh, I still ended up, you know, losing a, a fair amount of time, a, a pretty long amount of time to, to the injury itself. And with Ian, he's a goalie, and so we were able to, to actually get him on the field a little bit earlier than we normally would like. But uh, as a senior playing in his last year in high school, we definitely wanted to try to encourage him to get out there in a safe and predictable manner. The key is to try to stay in control and try to prevent contact as much as possible. So the recovery is different for every sport or every activity. Some things you might be able to return to quicker. But the, the key here is that we don't want to push you. We don't want to rush you. We have several um, high school athletes right now that we're, we're using that approach with, and they're coming along much, much better without any flare-ups, patellar tendonitis, patellofemoral issues, what have you. Yeah. Um, Surgery-wise, I mean, there's there's several different kinds. At the end of the, the day, it doesn't really make a huge difference as long as the surgeon doing the procedure is doing the one that they're best at. That's kind of the thing it boils down to. So if your surgeon recommends one over the other, that's probably your best bet. If you have a desire to have a different procedure done, uh, you should probably find a surgeon who does that specific procedure. That's that's your best bet in that sort of situation. Yep. Long-term recovery, there's no difference between patellar tendons versus hamstring grafts versus cadaver grafts. So there's some changes in the immediate recovery, uh, the, the activity level that you're allowed to do immediately following surgery. But in the long, long run, there's no difference between either one of these three procedures. Yeah, we're seeing it a lot more <clears throat> in the youth as well where we see uh, like a quad tendon graft and last year we even did one uh, IT band graft. That's right, and for a very a very youngster. It was probably our youngest ACL. Yeah, that was a 9 turning 10 basically, so kind of right, right around 10-year-old that 
That was a tricky one. They tend to be a little tougher because they still have an open growth plate, so you can't just randomly start just drilling, drilling tunnels and screws in there. So. so they basically loop it through the back, which is very bizarre. You'll, we'll, we'll show a photo if we can find one this week on the, the Instagram and the Twitter and those sort of things. The Insta-snap. The Insta-snap. Uh, last week's trivia question was compliments of, of Dr. Mike Pasco. Uh, just to review, he said, what animal was dissected prior to the to human dissection becoming common to, der- to determine human anatomy? Which is kind of a long-winded question for us because we're, we're usually a little bit shorter than that. We're pretty simple. Any, but, any thoughts there, Ian? Any ideas? What animal? Future orthopedic surgeon in the making. What animal was used for dissection before they used humans? I have no idea. Thank you for that, Ian. That is, that is wrong. Solid, wrong. I, I guessed horse, which was also not correct. Yeah. It was the pig. The pig. It's close enough to a cow. Yeah. Turns out the pig is very close to uh, the human. Not close enough, so most of that information was kind of tossed out the window, it turns out. But Seems reasonable. Yeah. I don't know. Nowadays, we use cats. It's kind of the most common substitute. <laughs> yeah. And awesome. in high schools, they use frogs. Frogs. Yeah. Cow eyes, which doesn't cow get you very far. yes. We use pigs, too. Pigs. They still use the pigs. They still use the pigs. Mm -hmm. That's correct. So our new question this week is one we like to throw out in the clinic on a pretty regular basis. What two countries share borders with 17 other countries? What two countries share a border with 17 other countries? This is a a long-winded question with a short answer or a long answer. You can give us just the two countries, or for extra credit, you can give us the 17 other countries as well. Correct. And that would be per country. So you got to give us the 17 countries for country A, and it does not start with an A. That's just to throw you off. Oh, and wow. 17 countries that wow. touch country B. There you go. That's also not correct. Also not the first letter. Right. Yep. So chip time as we're, we're doing a substitute. So we're doing the sweet potato food should taste good brand tortilla chip. Here, take us away. Courtesy of Peggy. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Peggy. That is correct. This is courtesy of Peggy. Hmm. I got to say, they're better than I thought they were going to be. Ian looks really happy with his choice. Well, I just don't like sweet potatoes. Well, so you know. they're they're not bad though. They're almost like sweet potato fries with a tortilla layer. Yeah, they're crunchy and on sea salt. They're um, they're all kind of uniformly shaped, and since these came um, hand delivered and not by mail, they're not all crunched up. They're not all crunched up. The chip to air ratio though is thirty percent. This is a yeah. this is a low in the bag chip here. It's like a Lay's bag. Yeah. That that's so that you won't eat too much. Maybe there's not that many in there. No, I like them. They're or good. They're trying to rip you off. I actually like them a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm give. Them, I'm gonna give them one thumb up. One thumb. I'm going one thumb too. What do you what? think, Ian? If you like sweet potatoes, then yeah, one thumb up. But what are you what are you giving them? Though? One thumb down. One thumb down. All I right. Like sweet potatoes. That brings the average down. Yeah, it does. Thanks a lot, Ian. You, you can also go no thumbs. Oh, you can do that. And no thumbs. No thumbs. You're going no thumbs. No okay, thumbs. our first no thumb. So this is a historic episode. Uh, thank you for listening today. Next week we're going to do the episode we thought we were going to do today, which is going to be low back pain, and then our taste test between Kettle Brand and Old Dutch Dill Pickle flavor. Anyone looking for more information about us, physical therapy in general, or the show, check out our website, reboundclinic.com, and then follow us on Twitter and Instagram for weekly updates. He's Jimmer. That guy in the back that's not saying much is Ian, and I'm Christian. me. I'm Ian. Thanks for listening today, guys.